myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Yesterday was the day for pitchers and catchers to report to spring training. I can't believe the time has come. I can hear the birds sing. Unless you are Blake Snell and your sneakers are still in a box. Scott Boris has pretty much told the teams if the price isn't right, you can kick rocks. Everybody's heart is warm and all their smiles shine. Javi Baez showed up in six days early, but he can still go drink turpentine. It's spring training. It's time. Welcome to the Long Gone Podcast. It's me, Michael, and with me as always, S-Man. What up? Steve Ford. How's it going, man? It's going. Sorry, it's going through that song and ever just write something. And then as you're reading, you, 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 you laugh as you write it. And then as it's coming out again, you think about when you first wrote it. You just start laughing <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah. Anyway, that's what a church. What's it like a church? So this song is similar, close. It's uh, from the Jimmy used to watch the Mother Goose Club as a kid. Okay, and this was their keeping with our love theme for the month of uh, February. This was uh, their song uh, called uh, "Today Is the Day for Valentine's." Mm. Yeah, and since we're recording here on Valentine's Day, yeah, we got a Valentine's Day. Yeah, thought it'd be uh, be fun to put in there, and you know, kind of fits. Yeah, I did. Had like kind of a. Kind of like a church hymn kind church, of churchy hymn, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. You know, I was trying to figure out how to finish it out, and uh, you know, and I decided to throw on that part about Javi Bias showing up six days early, and well, he still sucks, so he can go drink some turpentine. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, most of the time, most of it, he's just showing up six days early, six days early because he's the, the organization is looking down on him, the fans exactly. are looking down on him. He knows he needs a way to better be performance. Better. Yep. <laughs> for what he's getting paid, so Uh-huh. Yeah. Showing you up know, early is essential. You no know, management him. gave him just a quick swift kick in the pants said you better fucking be down there early and get ready yeah. to go here. All right. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I just felt like we just had a World Series not long right? ago. Right? <laughs> oh, dude, I feel the exact same way. I mean, and now we're uh we're staring barrels deep into uh, pitchers and catchers reporting, and uh, the fun begins. I saw Casey Mize is like, I'm going to throw. Uh, I'm ready to throw as much as they'll let me. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's rocking some facial hair. Is he? Yeah. Got yeah, it. you see a lot of these guys that are coming in. He gets a lot I'm of excited to see Andrew Chafin back. <laughs> yeah, Andrew Chafin. <laughs> well, they did that. They're introducing that new Connect City yeah. stuff. So. It was kind of cool that the Tigers were wearing kind of their old logos okay. on their hats. And I, I saw a picture of him of Chafin, and he has rocking a mullet, he big old biker, yep. handlebar mustache. The handlebar mustache, yeah. <laughs> like, welcome back, buddy. All right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely upon us. And then you have people like Justin Verlander who... Yeah, he's delayed now. He's delayed. His shoulders still ain't ready. You can yeah. just tell, I mean, age is, is catching up to him. Uh-huh. And I'm sure this will 
I think this will be his last year, personally. I think so, too. I think it's going to I'm, I'm going to boldly say it. I think this is Scherzer and Verlander's last year because uh, Scherzer is still up in the air, too, right? For his right. return, isn't he like middle of the year or something, even? Because he had yeah. surgery? Yeah. Yep. So Yeah, he's yeah. a middle of the guy. I mean, a lot of those older pitchers are. I mean, Clayton Kershaw, Kershaw is looking yep. middle of the year, too. I don't know what Jacob deGrom is looking like. Mm. I, I can only assume he hopes to be at the top of that rotation, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, with his injury history and the fact that he's 35 years old, I mean, you might mm-hmm. as well say, you know, I think they're eyeing like an August return for him, which <laughs> well, there you go. limits a lot of the season. So, yeah, man, he gets out there, does two starts like he did to start last year and injures himself again. Hey, man, that's you know, that yeah. happened last. Night. I was watching the Red Wings hockey game and we just got our goalie back. Uh, who so from from injured from from being injured and then does like a butterfly and fucking does oh the splits gosh. and yeah, get back on uh, big, just right away. Like he only played like a period. So, I, <clears throat> I mean, it happens in sports yeah. where guys will rehab and rehab and rehab. And then, and then suddenly they get out you there think, to actual gameplay and yeah. it's, uh, you know, not good enough, not good enough, not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But it, yeah, it's, it's cool to see pitchers and catchers reporting yep. behind them. Obviously will come the rest of the players. Yep. Riley Green says he's healthy and ready to go. I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, there's there's a lot of them that are starting to come back that yep. say that they're ready to go. Half of yep. the White Sox team. Half um, of the White Sox team. <laughs> um, no, there, there's, there is a lot of them, you know, and the big question that you and I have been talking about yep. for God for a couple months now is just the slow moving free agency. Dude, and yeah. I think we've crossed that point now. I think we've crossed the point where a lot of these players who do end up signing, and we're probably going to see that in the next couple of weeks, they're going to be doing prove it deals because when yep. you don't get signed past a certain point of free agency, mm-hmm. then you're on a prove it deal. And unfortunately for people like Cody Bellinger, he's going to be on a second year of a prove it deal. Yeah, so Blake he's probably going to do the same thing. <clears throat> exactly. They're going to have to sign team friendly deals for like a yep. season yep. Uh, for whichever team. And mm-hmm. it's it's a prove it deal. If you do good, then you'll get an extension. But it's kind of hard for people like Cody Bellinger, which I can understand that, right? Because in the game of baseball, it's year to year, it's different. Game to game, mm-hmm. it's different. Week to week, month to month, going on. You know, first half of the season is different than the second half, right? Uh, and in baseball, the glorious thing about it, uh, which is still the mysterious part of it, is you fail more times than you succeed. Yep. But for Cody Bellinger, you're talking about a 2019 MVP who mm-hmm. comes from the Dodgers after having a two, almost three, two miserable years. Mm-hmm. And then he has a fantastic, almost mm-hmm. MVP running year for the yep. Cubs, but they don't want to sign him to a giant deal because they just still don't trust. He's going to be a hundred percent like, Cody well, Bellinger. prove it again. Okay. Yeah, dude, that's tough. That's yeah, it really is. It's like, I just proved it last year. I'll prove it again. All right. Well, and, and I kind of, I mean, what, I mean, let me get your uh, thoughts on this. So, mm-hmm. okay. Cody Bellinger is once again, in a prove it year, uh, yeah. most likely he's going to sign a prove it year, unless by some miraculous thing, a team says we need another hitter. Yep. During spring training, and then they sign him to a long term, which I just don't see happening. But okay, I look at somebody like Max Muncie, right? I really mm-hmm. do like Max Muncie, but Max Muncie is kind of a lopsided guy, yeah. uh, kind of like Jock Peterson. It happens right. to be that one they were both Dodgers. Max Muncie's still a Dodger. Cody Bellinger's a Dodger, was a Dodger. Mm-hmm. So, what? Why are the Dodgers okay signing Max mm-hmm. Muncie? They signed him last year to a small deal but it was still worth a lot of money mm-hmm. but they're okay 
keeping him, but letting somebody where we like the Cubs, why are the Cubs okay with letting Cody Bellinger just walk? You know what I, I mean? Like there, even though Cody Bellinger has shown the ability to hit for average, to hit for power, to be good in the field, can play infield, mm-hmm. can play outfield. I mean, what's the meaning behind that in your eyes, Steve? Well, I think it's the 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 difference. It all comes down to money. The Dodgers are willing to uh, to spend. It seems like even though the Cubs are a big market team, it seems like the Cubs in the direction they're going now, they don't have like any big, big, big contracts. You know, they they mm-hmm. you know tried that route before, and you know had some success success with it, and now they're trying to go in a uh, in a different direction. I think and. Mm-hmm. You know, and it could just be come down to, yeah, he had a great bounce back year here, but he also had three years where he's complete toilet, like right. toilet water. And um, they don't want to lock him up to a five-year contract or something like that for big boxing and then get the 2020 through 2022 uh, Cody Bellinger again. Yeah, they maybe just want to see, or right, give me another year here. I think it really does come down, It you know, I think it does come down to money. I think right. it's what you're willing to spend. You know, that it makes a lot of sense. And I guess, you know, big market teams, small market teams take mm-hmm. that out of the equation. We have the Cubs who have known to be big market at times yeah. and then be small market well, at times yeah. with their spending. But yeah. I just don't understand. <clears throat> and yeah. I didn't mean to totally shift our headlines into this, but it's yeah, it, I, I guess it's good enough. I mean, I think it's now we start talking about it. Mm-hmm. The Cubs last year, they ended the year on a high, right? Yep. I, I would say... Yep. Uh, I would say a high I for the most so. part. I mean, and you had, uh, they were 83 and 79. They were second nope. in the NL central really battled, uh, the brewers yep. there and the brewers just kind of, kind of pulled ahead. Right. But much like the reds, they gave a lot. There was a lot there that, that they could go into 2024 with. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to break up that course, Steve? I mean, especially yeah. when you have a team, Christopher morale comes out of nowhere yep. and does really good. You already have Sia Suzuki who start to be a cornerstone guy. And then, your big free agent signing was Dansby Swanson, who actually mm-hmm. had a very good year himself. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to break that up by letting Bellinger walk? Why is he expendable? Yeah, well, money aside, okay. Say, right. and that's why I want to ask this question. Say, money wasn't an option because, like I just said, the Cubs have been known to spend before. Other than money, what would be the reason to break this up? Why would they trust the fact that they can break this up in your eyes? I mean, maybe they think that some of their talent coming up through the minor leagues is uh, is going to be good as well. I mean, Pete Crow Armstrong, he's coming up, right? He's a potential great, outfielder out great. there. Dude, I you love know? that you brought that up. That makes so much so, sense. Yeah. Um, you know, they could s- trust what they have in their system and say, all right, what we have here could be better than signing Bellinger to a big contract. No, so. You know what? I, that, that's a, that's a, it makes the most sense, right? Yeah. I mean, because Pete Crow Armstrong's a 21-year-old prospect. Mm-hmm. I think he did a little time with the Cubs last year. He did, yep. yep. And he showed a little bit of promise, but mm-hmm. um, maybe you're right. Maybe it's just not a good – maybe they kind of look at it like, hey, maybe – do you think maybe they could – they are thinking that, hey, we could roll with the same lineup, but then yep. throw a younger throw Bellinger it. in there. Yeah. yeah who has more it, yeah. upside. Yep. At yep, this point, a younger career. prospect, yeah, exactly. Throw a younger prospect that has more upside in there, uh, into the mix, which fits in with you know, this team is relatively young to uh, begin with. I mean, mm-hmm. outside of you know, a few positions, but they're relatively a uh, team that's basically in their early to mid 20s. Um, just throw right yeah. another youngster in there and uh, see if they continue to gel, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that would 
Yeah, I can see that too, and that makes that makes a whole lot of sense mm-hmm. because uh, remember, I mean, the only big free agent signing I thought they did this year was that Shota Imanaga, the yep. Imanaga guy, the uh, right. Japanese pitcher, the yep. good southpaw. I thought, but they didn't break the bank signing him either, Mm-mm. which Mm-mm. I thought was pretty smart as well. But I'm kind of looking at their lineup right now. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of rolling with the same team, Steve, for the most yeah. part, Bellinger yeah. aside. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess we're going to find out just how big of a, uh, a you know a, a part of his, of the uh, success if they don't end up signing him unless they get him to approve a deal again. Yeah. Um, we'll just uh, see when opening day hits and through the season just how important he was to that team uh, going forward. Yeah, and then you look at somebody like Blake Snell, who yeah. I kind of feel bad that if if yeah. he would have a prove it deal. Now remember, mm-hmm. he last year he he did really good. Clearly, did. the year yeah. before that he was nope. shitty. Yep, exactly. <laughs> but now he's a 31-year-old pitcher, mm-hmm. which in today's MLB, we've seen pitchers who are 30, 31 start to get an injury track record. You've seen the Jacob mm-hmm. DeGroms, the Clayton Kershaws. They yep. start to get injured. I mean, not everybody's Scherzer at Verlander who can wait a little bit further in their career before they start seeing injuries. Right. Now, with Blake Snell, I mean, a prove-it deal at this point in his career seems a little different. Um I know, like in our free agent run or our free agent tracker, which by the way, you just went ahead. Did I? Um, we got well, one. Well, that um, Jorge Soler signed with the Giants, and you guessed that one right. Yeah, go me. All right. Hat yeah, so up on the back right now. Yeah, so you got that one, which was good. I had him going to the Angels. Huh, shame on me thinking the Angels would spend yeah. that sort of money. Well, well apparently, the Angels are still uh, in the Blake Snell sweepstakes. So uh, you should have heard the rumors on that one, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I heard that too. And then there was uh, Moreno had a press conference today, and I think he felt a lot of pissed off fans. Yeah. So he thought, and a lot of people, and the thing was, the whole press conference, I didn't really, I, I got a couple notes from it, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't listen to it. It wasn't like a huge thing, but uh, mostly he was just talking about the upcoming season, which was hilarious. But <laughs> But <laughs> most people, it was all cryptic when, uh, when he called the, the press worst. conference. Well, yeah, he's like, well, they said basically, um, he called this press conference. He wasn't telling nobody what it's about. And Ooh. I remember Jeff Passan, I saw his tweets. Jeff Passan said, Well, I did ask him before he called it, is this about you selling the team? And he goes, No. And he goes, okay. okay. So they did the presser, and mostly the fucking presser was about him not selling the team. It <laughs> says he's there for the long term, he's committed to this Angels franchise. And okay, I haven't seen right, I mean, sure. if they were committed to it, then sign Ballinger, sign Snell. Mm-hmm. Start signing, sign, yeah, sign people that are still on the market. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to see mm-hmm. a Lucas Giolito signing. I don't want to see mm-hmm. a an old Justin Turner signing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I want to see something that actually makes an impact on the yeah. team right now and for the Agreed. long run. Agreed. Uh, that so, sounds like a big waste of time. Oh, big time. Yeah, big waste <laughs> of time. I mean, it was an incredible waste of time. So, so going back to Blake Snell, if you're Blake Snell, you would hope to get an offer from the Angels, but mm. it's only going to be a prove-it deal. I mean, at this point, yep. I don't see anybody. I mean, lo- extensions or long deals have happened this late before spring training, and sometimes they've happened during spring training. We have seen that in the past, but just yep. where the market's at right now and the way that the offseason has went so far, I don't see any big deals happening now. I don't either. I don't either. Which. I mean, like you said, Blake Snell, yeah, he's coming off a great season last year, 14 and nine, but his two seasons before that, he was a combined 15 and, and 16 for the uh, the Padres. So wasn't really lighting the world on fire. 
and and outside of uh his 2018 season with the uh the the race he wasn't lighting the world on fire there either so yeah you know he's had two fantastic cy young worthy seasons then a bunch of uh uh couch farts essentially you know yeah i didn't trust him last year i you trust him because he was having a good year but he was kind of all the padres had in pitching right right that was actually doing something i mean musgrove sucked ass you darvish was doing wasn't doing anything but mm-hmm. so are you saying blake snell is kind of like cody bellinger and in, the, in in saying that yeah, they're kind me, of un- show me back-to-back years i'm looking right. at blake snell's career stats and he hasn't had consecutive you know fantastic uh over 500 seasons i mean in the 2020 shortened season he went four and two and then the next year with the padres he went seven and six but that's not really you know amazing amazing that's not like you know 16 and five followed by a uh 15 and and eight season you know like really good back to back over 500 seasons these are like near 500 all the time and usually he's under 500 except for 2018 and in 2023 when he uh you know went into form so he if he really wants a big deal he needs to channel those years and see what was i doing on those years all and then do it all the time there we go you know yeah so that makes him an untrustworthy prospect mm-hmm. in terms of uh free agency so mm-hmm. yeah that, that makes a lot of sense so kind of what we're getting is two untrustworthy guys and and there's other guys too i mean um tim anderson i'm very anderson. shocked tim anderson yeah. hasn't been sh- uh, hasn't been signed yet mm-hmm. but you don't know how bad that injury was right. uh jd martinez we're looking at he's kind of older now mm-hmm. right but the one that is really scratching my head and maybe you can find it in stats, so Matt, Matt Chapman. Chapman. Yeah. yeah. Like, why? Yeah, I, I don't get it. Yeah. Speaking as a local uh, homer here, I would love to see the Tigers trying to come to a one-year contract or something like that. You know, I mean, I they know need them. All their, I know they're putting all the eggs in the Colt Keith basket. It's not to say he can't play D, hit DH, you know, could use the bat. And he's out there. I don't know why people aren't, you know, taking a chance on him here. You know, he doesn't seem like he's a bad clubhouse guy. But it just it does it doesn't make any sense. I mean, he's not like he's not old old. He's thirty years old. Going to be thirty one. That's the prime. You know? That's prime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, yeah. and he's coming off a pretty good season. I mean, yeah. not not nothing miraculous. I know that his seventeen home runs and two forty average were kind yeah. of underwhelming. Held but a fielder, Gold Glover, though last year. So yeah, he's won Gold Gloves four times. So you know, he's going to be a sure hand at that third base spot. Yeah, you know, but you know, kind of looking at his stats. I mean, if if we're going to compare, he doesn't hit for average very well at all, no. which is kind of a problem. The he has out machine, strikeout <laughs> machine. He has. So we're at one time we're curious. Now as we look at his yeah, stats, we're exactly. Like, oh. now that, yeah, now that I got baseball reference open, I'm breaking him down a little <laughs> bit more. I'm like, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> okay, so maybe he shouldn't be signed to. Uh, over hundred million dollar contract. No, God, no, no. I want to touch that with a ten foot pole. But he plays a lot, which is good. Yep, yep. He he, he's durable. Yep. yep, he's durable. He gets he gets a lot of hits. He can get on base. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has the ability to hit thirty home runs. Although he mm-hmm. hasn't peaked that since two thousand nineteen. His RBIs, ugh, they're kind of suspect for, uh, for supposedly power hitting hot uh, hot spot hitter or hot corner mm-hmm. hitter. Yeah, yeah kind of looking at it. It's nothing. I mean, he is gold glove worthy, which is always good for a third baseman. But mm-hmm. and he, he's a doubles machine. He does get some good doubles. Yeah. yeah, I 
this is yeah it's kind of yeah maybe he's asking prices a little high is he represented by scott boris because that would be yeah uh, oh yeah yeah a lot of of these guys are (laughs) i mean let's go to the source of all this we talked about that last week scott boris is uh you know, he puts all of his players, uh, his clients here on a pedestal and thinks that they're Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant. Yeah. You know, when but they're can, not. But I <laughs> can I can name tons of third basemen who aren't as good as Chapman. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Candelario and he's oh, got a God. shot. So why is it <laughs> yeah, like true. Chapman getting a shot? I mean, I guess it's I mean, like you said, it comes down to money. Yep. I guess that kind of <laughs> answering my own question. But mm-hmm. it's just kind of sad that that's that a guy like Chapman and then maybe they're just, you know, the market's up or the market's up in terms of money. So they're mm-hmm. probably wanting a bigger contract, but yeah, I guess looking at it, I wouldn't sign him for over a hundred million at this point. I mean, a prove it deal, I guess would make more sense seeing his you numbers. Know what I do? Two years, 34 million with a, a club uh, or uh, with a uh, club option for a third. How about that? See, that's Let's a see. max Muncie deal, which I, I, I feel is totally legitimate because yeah. Max Muncy has lopsided stats, right? I mean, he's a guy that can hit 30, 40 home runs, but he's like Kyle Schwarber when it comes to average. Schwarber's the same way, right? I mean, like, as these other people were talking about, I mean, the guy can hit a a lot of home runs, but he's so Mm -hmm. lopsided. He's like, and Jack Peterson, a lot of these guys are like that. Oh, my God, (laughs) Gallo. I mean, at this point in his career, Stanton is like that. Or, man, a lot of home runs, maybe, you know, the RBI sit between 80 and 100, which is good, but your average mm-hmm. still sucks. Yeah, exactly. So you're more of a liability than anything yep. in a lot of yep. cases. So, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting case, but I do like that contract. I think that contract would make a lot of sense to me, yeah. it's, I mean, especially it if you have the option. And pay, to bump yeah. and pay from what he was getting with the Blue Jays from last year. And uh, that third year, make it a club option. So it's not like, you know, he, he can breathe a little bit knowing that he's got two years guaranteed and then right. an option for a third. I mean, I think that's good. That puts him into his mid thirties. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he's going to have, and during that contract, if he wants to get another contract like it mm-hmm. after that contract, he's definitely going to have to bring down the strikeouts. I mean, oh, yeah. the Joey Gallo numbers here are not Trey Mancini, too many strikeouts, man. Yep. I mean, this is, yep. well, this is like Chris Davis strikeouts. Yep. And, you know, ultimately, like we talked about, it comes down to its glove. I mean, I'm looking at his war for last year. You'd think with all the strikeouts that he had, he'd be a liability uh, there, but he plays a hell of a uh, a third base, and his yeah. war for last year was still over four. Yeah, know, it's so. dependable for sure. He's de- exactly, exactly. Yeah, 130, 137 games at third base. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm surprised so. Toronto never rolled the dice again on that. Yeah, that's weird. But they kind of have their hands full too because they don't know what they're going to do with Alec Manoa. Right? Oh God, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, I, I mean, he hasn't really been signed yet. Nope. Right. So I, I think they're at a point where, I mean, well, I'm sorry, he is a part of the Blue Jays, but he hasn't been extended yet. Right. Exactly. So they're thinking, what do we do? Because he's 26 mm-hmm. years old. Do we just do we buy in, or or is Manoa going to take the Jack Flaherty route? Right. Where you just tried it so so much with him, like the Cardinals did with mm-hmm. with Flaherty, and then just let him go, and then see what else happens. And say good luck, Tigers. Good luck. <laughs> I actually have him. I'm excited team. about Jack Flaherty. Uh, I and my, I uh, yeah, his is all confidence, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I I know he's had a couple injuries that really set him back, but I think if he gains confidence, I think mm-hmm. he'll be good because I remember. 
he's just a confidence guy. I've seen him in interviews. I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of stuff, and it's all confidence. With Alec Manoa, it's weight. The guy needs to Dude, lose weight. Dude, he just needs to lose some weight. Yep. Yep. All that extra fat on that body. It just takes a toll on him, I yeah. think. Doesn't help yeah. the fastball. <laughs> no, it does not. In <laughs> um, our other headline, Steve, just yeah. ex-Mets GM Billy Epler suspended. Now, the reason why I wanted this in the rundown is because I think this is actually a bigger deal than most people are talking about. Yeah, so what happened? he was uh, basically falsify- falsifying the injury report or yeah, something he was, like he that. he was falsifying yeah. the injury report. So players would either you know, say the injury was worse than it was. Yeah. Right. He would either like keep on. He would actually make it either less. Mm-hmm. He'd make it like less to kind of re you know, see if because a lot of these guys want to play. Right. Right. A lot, of, right. a lot of baseball players. don't. You know, we always get frustrated in fantasy baseball where yeah. oh, yeah, the guy has a, off again. Yeah. Dude. He has skin knee and he's out for two weeks. Do you kidding yeah. me? You know, and, mm-hmm. but he was falsifying this. So if the if the injury was worse, he'd he'd bring him back a little sooner or vice versa. If it wasn't as bad. You know what I mean? But he wanted to make mm-hmm. way for a hot prospect coming up. So basically, he was using the injury injured list as a way to manipulate his roster. But he wasn't wow. being truthful about the injuries players were sustaining. There were times people are I've read where there's players that didn't even have injuries and he'd just mark them as injured. Oh. That way he'd give them off and he could bring up somebody else. He can make a wow. roster move. I personally think I, and a lot of people aren't going to say this because the Mets were never clearly in it, but right, I, right. I think it's cheating. I think it's just as bad mm-hmm. as what the Astros did in nope. a way. Nope. Be- I agree. Just because you're manipulating a roster by means of a way that's only supposed to be for injured, truly injured players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nope. I, I completely agree. But also coming out, um, uh, a, a pitcher, a pitcher that used to play for the, the Mets, his name is Tommy Hunter. And he played like 16 years in the majors. He says it's crazy that Billy got singled out. He says this is he's yeah, his exact quote was it's mind blowing. It's no secret what goes on. So to go after one person seems unfair. Wow. So what I think for they suspended Billy Epler for what one season? Uh, yeah, maybe it's kind of send a message here. That's saying, exactly hey guys, it. That's exactly this isn't it. this isn't right. All right, so take but, take note of what happened here because it could happen to you if you guys continue your shit. Yeah. And yep. I'm sure a lot of teams do this. I mean, it mm-hmm. makes sense. You manipulate the injured list to either bring up certain players, to sign certain players, to extend certain players. I'm sure that's just a way. And I've always thought that, too. I always thought the injured list was kind of weird, right? Because when mm-hmm. they've had it, we're seeing players that are just on there for like over a month. And it's like, why? You know, I think what it I mean? happens even not just in baseball. I remember recently with the Pistons when they still had Monty Morris on the team. Do you remember yeah. this? Like early on, they they listed right. him as injured, and he t- retweeted the injury report, and he put like straight capping, which means lion. Yeah, which means that uh, the their fabric they were fabricating his injury on uh on you know even in basketball. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I think they should take kind of like an NFL approach because I know the NFL usually goes i mean they have to go about that the right way because mm-hmm. it's their injuries are a little different 
Mm-hmm. But for Major League Baseball, yeah, NBA. I mean, look what they did with Cade Cunningham last year, the Pistons. Uh-huh. I mean, they yeah. basically they knew they were out of it, so they just shut him down. Yeah, exactly. When he could have feasibly come back, but then but then he would have won them some games. And I mean, it didn't matter anyway. We still didn't get the first pick in the draft. But still, yeah, and yeah. I'm sure when it comes time for him, when they want to re up him, yep. give him supermax. I bet, I bet he'll take that into consideration. He's probably gonna be like, You motherfuckers ruined a year of my eligibility right. or exactly. a year of my play. Just because yep. you were trying you to tank for the fucking pick. exactly, <laughs> you wanted Wemby, which never fucking happened. Which never happened exactly. But uh. and the same thing can be said for Major League Baseball. So uh, Billy Epler, it seems they're like you said, they're kind of using him as a, a as yeah the poster boy for this. Like mm-hmm. an example, you want to mm-hmm. do this in our league. This is what's going to happen. I'm glad to see this, and Thank I think it's a, it's a major problem. And I think it is worse than what the Astros did because you are manipulating your roster. If there's a problem. Mm-hmm. With the way that teams have roster setups, right? I mean, you have to keep a player for so long. You got to, you know what I mean? Certain contracts. And it all has to do with money. It all has to do with the contracts. Mm-hmm. It all has to do with all of that. And if they have a problem with it, if teams do, if front offices do, then when these CBAs come, then you got to negotiate better for it. That's just mm-hmm. a simple way. And then, or talk to the league to have it stipulated a little bit because I don't yep. think that this should be another pool just to like hold certain players for a certain amount of time exactly. just so you can work your roster a little bit more. Yep. I just don't think that's fair. I don't even think it's fair to the minor leaders leaguers who are beneath these other guys mm-hmm. who are trying to vie to get up in the major leagues. I mean, I, I looked at it like, I mean, look at last year, there was like at least three Detroit Tigers. I knew that could have came up last year. Colt yep. Keith being I one did. of them, Justin mm-hmm. Henry Malloy could have came up. Yeah. They're not ready. Yeah, I just <laughs> yeah, and I, I and and I know the new CABA CBA kind of handled that right. Mm-hmm. They they messed with the um what do they call it their eligibility. Their, so, yeah, their 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 years of service or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So now teams are a little kind of forced to bring them up sooner than later, mm-hmm. which is good. But I feel mm-hmm. like this is the next thing that we're going to see in the CBA is mm-hmm. not using the the IL as a yeah. fucking yeah a manipulation tool to work your roster the way you want it to work. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Plus, as you know, reading on there, yeah, if you uh, uh, can put a player as injured, then they're not as suspect uh, going on the waiver wire. You know, you have like a certain number of times that you know you can send and bring back before they have to you know outright them for assignment. And if you right. tweak them with injuries, then you know you can uh, take them from being potential potential claims off the waiver wire. So right, you know. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the whole thing is, I mean, it's interesting, but it's all, it's kind of sad because, and and that's one thing I love and hate about baseball is baseball was born from cheating. I mean, that it's, it's had cheating in it as long as the ball's been in baseball. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, it's always been there and it's a part of its past. I think they need to embrace that Mm -hmm. somehow, some way. I'm not saying letting, you know, steroid people into the hall of fame, but if you, but I feel like there is a happy medium there because I don't feel people like. I'm not trying to go off on a tangent, but I don't feel people like Pete Rose and Barry Bonds should be excluded because they were great players. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they should go in, but there should be that cloud, right? That yep. cloud, that that asterisk, if you're yep. going to want them in. I don't feel give like they a, should be in a without anything. Section. Yeah. yeah, because if we're letting people who weren't as good players in, <laughs> yeah, exactly. right? I still go back to Pete Rose. Pete Rose, it's not like he bet against his team. He bet on his team. That's what I th- I thought that too. My dad and I have always said that, you know, you know, I always felt bad and they've kind of cha- turned him into kind of like a sideshow because of it. Yeah. 
because you know now he'll sign balls. Remember the you know on I bet on baseball I bet and stuff on base, like that. Yeah, and you're yeah. right, he never bet against his team, yep. and there's been no evidence that he's actually made his team lose. Right? Exactly. I mean, he exactly. was the hardest. They called him Charlie Hustle for Christ's mm-hmm. sake. I mean, the guy was known for his effort so bad. Yeah. yeah. His, his oh. motor, his effort has always been high. So mm-hmm. I always thought that sucked too. But there's, I'm, it's once you get those younger writers in, like the, the younger, younger mm-hmm. voters, you're gonna see a change in in the way no, the so. Hall of Fame is voted in. But well, it's good and bad yeah. because then you're gonna see people like Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds get in, which I'm okay with as long mm-hmm. as there's an asterisk. Yep. I think I think you and I have talked about this in earlier shows where mm-hmm. they should just have a hall. In the Hall of Fame yep. for steroids, the, che- the Hall of Cheaters, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. making an asterisk, and then it's yep. like you want to go in and see some Hall of guys who are Hall of Famers, but did it the wrong way. This is yep. what it here's, is. Here's here's our section. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I just I, I feel like that's the way to do it, but mm-hmm. I don't know. So when it comes to this, this is just another way with this IL manipulation. I, I just it's just another cheating thing that baseball doesn't need, but I, I feel like the sport just needs to embrace it at this point mm-hmm. and. And if they don't want these things to happen, then they they really got to crack down on it. And plus, you need a commissioner who has his head in the game more. Right. I, 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 for I just feel like this, he's not a hundred percent into the game. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's other things there that I, I I want. I would love to see a former player right. be commissioner. And mm-hmm. I don't think we've seen a former player as commissioner in any sport. No, it always seems to be lawyers yeah. or, or owners, former owners or something like that. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, I would love to see an Albert Pujols or, or mm-hmm. somebody up there who Ken Griffey or somebody yep. who and I understand to be a commissioner, you got to play the politics game, too. I get exactly. that. But I, it would be nice to see somebody a little bit more diplomatic, but at the same time wants to change the game for the good. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or wants to do things for the good of the game, not for the good of people's pockets. So. Right. Exactly. Anyways. Anyway, <laughs> tangent over. Yeah, right. Let me grab my soapbox here. Yeah. Yeah. Move on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's a shame. But moving on now, we are Steve. We're into another year or another week of the Now series. Yeah. We are. Yep. I'm excited. Taking a trip to second base, huh? Second. Second deck. Second deck. <laughs> exactly. Second deck. <laughs> um we yeah we're at second base now which again this is kind of like first baseman it was a little harder the further you get from one yeah or two but at the same time it was a lot inter- it was really interesting and i pulled up last year's for the now that okay. i'll have as well so steve Good. kick it off man who are we're doing well, the top for second baseman of the 1950s man. starting with number five going to one steve who's your number five well, as we kick off another swell uh, week here of then and now, uh, for me at number oh, yeah. five, I got uh, uh, Bobby Bobby Avila, good old Bobby Avila. Uh, uh, you know, looking at him again, you know, solid. He you know had a solid career there in the fifties there with, with Cleveland. Um, you know, was in the MVP running a couple, you know, a couple of times. You know, a couple of times he cracked the uh, the top ten there, three time All Star. Uh, arguably, I would say his best year would be that 1954 season where he hit 341. It wasn't much when it comes to power. Uh, you know, top, top home runs for the year was that 54 season when he hit uh, 15, 15 home runs. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, RBIs 50, 60 range, but you know, did pretty good with the average, but kind of dipped down near the uh, near the end of his career. But 
you know, limited the strikeouts as opposed to what we talked about with uh, with Matt Chapman at third base. But yeah, just, you know, a nice, nice, reliable guy in 52. He led the league in triples with 11, you know, but just, uh, you know, a solid player came came from Mexico. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, just a dependable player there for Cleveland in the uh, the 50s. So yeah, Bobby Vila or Avila, uh, depending on how you want to pronounce it, would come in for me at number five. All right. Uh, number five for me is Peter Runnels. Get it, Peter. Yeah. Uh, well, it goes by Pete for the most part, which is weird because his real name is James Edward Runnels. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? It's Didn't we have that last week? Somebody had a... It, it wasn't so, their real fucking name. It was... Yeah. Um, oh, man. It was the uh, the Puerto Rican guy. Remember? Yep. It was like... it wasn't. He had a whole different name. And you're like, what yep. the fuck? Uh, so anyways, uh, Pete, Pete Runnels was actually a really good second baseman in Texas. Not okay. just for the in Texas uh, the uh, team. Uh, he actually played for the Houston Colt 45s at the end of his career. Mm. Spent most of his career with the Washington Senators, then moved over to the Boston Red Sox. But before that, he was a big time player in Texas. I mean, he was yep. he made the Texas Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. I mean, he ended up retiring in Texas. The guy bleeds Texas. But um, you're going to see a lot of this with other second basemen of the 1950s. They weren't. They didn't have a lot of power. No, they weren't. A, they weren't a lot of power hitting second basemen. Nope. Uh, usually, in the next two decades, you're you're going to see a lot of that. Where not a lot of, you know, power hitting second basemen. But one thing he did do was get on base, and nope. his OPS was always, or I'm sorry, yeah, his OPS was always very good. He always had around between seven, I'd say around seven fifty to eight sixty would be his normal uh, OPS. So he was always getting on base. A lot of the years, I mean, in 60s, he kind of blew up and he really was hitting 300 at the majority over 300 batting average, the end of the 50s and then into the 60s. And then at the end of the last two seasons, of his career kind of petered off. But mm-hmm. this is a guy that won the batting title twice, five-time All-Star. So Pete Reynolds, for me, comes in at number five. So good for me that he comes in at number four. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, I got uh, Pete, Pete Reynolds. He comes in for me at uh, number four for, yeah, pretty much the... Uh, you know, the reason that that you said he was a guy that couldn't hit for much power, but he could uh, could get on base. Occasionally, was in the running for the for the MVP. Uh, bulk of his time there was in Washington in the fifties, and then you know closed out the decade with uh, with Boston. And he actually became a part of the Red Sox uh, Red Sox Hall of Fame because uh, uh, he was a manager also in Boston in sixty yes. six. Yep. So. Um, uh, you know, not my, I mean, it was 16 games in 66, went eight and eight, you know, nice, nice little fill in there. But, um, yeah, I mean, just a, a dependable, you know, dependable guy, you know, play, played a bulk you know, almost every day. And, uh, yeah, just a, a reliable guy. So, yeah, Pete Reynolds, uh, for me, comes in at number four. Yeah. And Steve and I basically just did flip flop because my number four is Bobby Avila. Yep. You guys will be surprised. Clutch your pearls. That wasn't his real name. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. I mean, we kind of Americanized it. Yeah, but his we name did. was Roberto Francisco Avila Gonzalez. So I don't know why they took Roberto and then just put it to Bobby. And then Bob, they just yeah. said, we're going to take one of his last names last and names. make it his real yeah, last name. Go. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. don't get it. Poor guy. Uh-huh. Mexican uh-huh. Hall of Famer. This guy yep. was a legend in Mexico. And one thing about him was, well, early on, he I didn't think he was. Uh, that great of a fielder early on. He right. seemed to be a better fielder probably at the end of his career than he yep. was early on in his career. But like Steve said, I mean, the stats aren't great. I mean, he 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 hit over 300 
a couple a few a couple times in his career, mostly batted in the high 270s, high 60s, 260s mm-hmm. for the most part. But he was able to get on base. He was like that a, a reliable guy you can always count on, kind of like a Chase Utley, kind of with a lot less power. But right. kind of that reliable second baseman you could count on uh, for his time. So Bobby Avila, for me, comes in at number four. Uh, all right. Coming in for me at number three, I'm going to go with Nelly Fox. Wow. Uh, changed the record here. Another guy that really didn't hit for uh, hit for power. He had a career 35 home runs for his whole career. But, you know, he could could get on base. He could he led the league in hits in the 50s four times. Um, you know, a sol- solid, solid batting average there. Uh, you know, spent a bulk of his career there with the White Sox. Um, you know, in 1952, he had uh, 192 hits. He had 648 at bats that year in uh, in 52. But yeah, I mean, a guy that can hit over 300, hit up into usually 280s, 290s. That you know, that that sort of range. Um, you know, leaving the 1950s, but in 1960, he uh, had. Led the league in triples there with uh, with ten for the season. So yeah, another guy where you know the the pop isn't there, but um, he could draw a walk, he could get a hit, and he didn't strike out much either. I mean, there's one you know one season here in 1954, he played in 155 games, which I think was the uh, entire season there, and uh, struck out a whole twelve times. All right, so the guy. Yeah. Great plate discipline, get on base, could get the hits, just didn't have the powers. Doubles, doubles machine, always constantly up in the 20s for doubles, even in the 30s sometimes. So, um, yeah, Nelly Fox, he comes in for me at number three. Yeah, and these last three second basemen are uh, clearly the best second baseman of the 1950s there's no yep. i mean there's no ifs and yeah, no ifs ands or buts on that one right yeah. it's just what what order you're gonna put him exactly. in and in mine i didn't go for nelly fox at three i actually went for red uh show uh, and so that's okay you, i had to look how to say the pronunciation of his name it's a long name but it's a uh, show and Dienst is was a great second baseman, really. I mean, mm-hmm. some people put him number two, some people put him number one in the 1950s. He kind of brought a little bit of everything to the table. I was really impressed for his speed on the bases. He 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 was not really good with it in the 1950s, but at the beginning, he was flying. I mean, you're talking about a guy that led the league his first year in the league in stolen bases, and then from that point forward, he would kind of get it up there, but he was always good on the base paths, right? He was. Yep. He wasn't the guy that was going to get you 30 steals a year or anything, but he was always really good on the base pass. But another thing with him, once he hit the fifties, he hit a stride and you, you had to talk mm-hmm. about a guy that hit over 300 on multiple occasions, uh, 1952, 303, 1953, 342 as well. Uh, two, he got a, a 200 hits, 193 hits, 192 hits. The guy yeah. was great in a 10 time all-star one uh, world series twice, which is you kind of got to put up there as an accomplishment as as yeah. well, uh, and he won those. God, he was well. I'm sorry, actually, he won it five times, but he won <laughs> twice as a player and three times as a manager. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and he's uh, inducted into the St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame as both yep. a player and a and a coach or manager. Uh, his number two is retired. He's one of the greatest St. Louis Cardinals of all time. Mm-hmm. He almost had 2,500 hits. He batted close to 300. Long storied career for Red Schoendienst, who comes in for me at number three. And for so good for uh, me, he comes in at number two. So Red Schoendienst, <laughs> number two for me. Uh, for yeah, all the reasons that you said there, uh, Mike. Uh, you know, like you said, 10 time All Star, 
five-time World Series champion, you know, twice as a uh, player, and then he just you know took over once he retired the uh, uh, from the Cardinals as player, took over and was what a fantastic manager for them in the uh, '60s there with Bob Gibson, Lou Brock, and and all of that. Um, you know, uh, just uh, a, another great player where the the power wasn't there. I mean, he peaked and had uh, 15 home runs a couple of times, once mm-hmm. in '53, and. You know, again, uh, again over there in uh, in in fifty seven, but uh, you know, consistent all star, consistently in the running for MVP, uh, great, great average, could hit the doubles. You know, for forty three, uh, forty three doubles there in nineteen fifty uh, to lead the league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had two hundred two hundred hits in nineteen fifty seven. So, just a, yeah, uh, you know, fantastic. You know, could could have been. You know, like like you said, with those last three that we have here at the top, you can really change the order. Just depends on where you want them. But yeah, Red Show and Dees uh, comes in for me at number two. Number two for me uh, is Nelly Fox. I believe Stephen, I'm at number three. I have Nelly yeah. Fox at number two. Out of everybody on this list, I would say he's probably the best defensive second baseman mm-hmm. because yeah. I mean the guy, three time Gold Glove winner. He he could count on him all the time, and he was like the Pee Wee Reese of second base, and right. uh, he had the arm that he could play deep in second to be able to turn double plays. So when he got flipped to, uh, you know, by Luis Aparicio or Aparicio or anybody who was playing shortstop, he could wing it over to first, no problem. Barehanded, you call it. The guy made some stellar fucking plays. But, man, uh, Nelly Fox, uh, he was an okay. I mean, I think he managed a little bit, but that wasn't his claim to fame as well. But most of his career was spent with the athletics and then, the White Sox. The White Sox were his main team. I think he was there for what, Steve, like 12, 13 years. Yeah. So and then I mean, on and off again as a manager. Uh, right. Uh, like he managed for, I think, 11, 12 seasons and then came back a couple of times after that, even. And he got both. the stopgap. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He was like, he was kind of like Ron Washington. He was just yeah. always there. Yep. Um, exactly. But yeah, Nelly Fox is one of the best ever. 15 time All Star. I think Steve went over his accolades at MVP at one point. Mm-hmm. White Sox retired as number two. I've always was a big Nelly Fox guy. You know, um, a, a 300 hitter. He's your classic 300 hitter. He knew how to get on base, knew how to stay on base, too. He was mm-hmm. a smart runner. Uh, a lot of hits, man. This guy got you 190 to over 200 hits every season. A lot of at-bats in his career, a lot of at-bats, yep. and he was durable. I think out of everybody on this list, he was the most durable second baseman there is. And unfortunately, his life was cut short at 47, but um, for the most part, yeah, the yeah. most part, Nelly Fox comes in for me at number two. All right, number one, we did agree. Uh, the one one place we did agree is number one, and that's uh, that's Jackie. Jackie I Robinson. Think, I think you and I have agreed on all so far of our number of ones, the number right? ones. Yeah, except spoiler alert when we get to uh, the well, nope, we actually agreed on that one for now, too. So our, I was going to say spoiler alert. We got something now. Yeah, uh, we, we agree on that one, too. But. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's hard to go past that. But come on, man. Right. Jackie Robinson. Yeah. Yep. I mean, what can you, you know, Jackie did it all there, you know, uh, yeah. the guy that, you know, did have more pop in his bat uh, than other second baseman because he could get close to 20 home runs yeah uh, you know and uh could drive in runs you know 80 90 a season you know, a lot um average is always up over you know for the most part up over 300 yep uh you know he could hit the doubles could hit the triples obviously could steal the bases too when you need him to steal base he's more of a base stealer early on uh, in his career a little bit more um you know in the 40s but could still steal your bases there in the 50s yeah um you know could could hit the triples but i mean in 1950 he had 30 39 doubles 
but yeah, just a guy that again uh, limited the strikeouts. You know, I'm looking. You know, a lot of the time he's you know 20, you know, into the early 30s for strikeouts. So you know he's going to play a lot of games, but he's not going to strike out a lot. Just a consummate professional. Um, obviously a trailblazer when it comes to Major League Baseball, yeah. and yeah, he's a uh, number one for me. Yeah, Sam. I mean, yep. aside from the trailblazer aspects, if we're you, Steve and I are simply going off of just the performance yeah, factor. You talk about a talk about a guy that came in at 26 years old, so he was mm-hmm. kind of old to begin with when he started, yep. and he just made the most of his career in 11 years. He did really well. One thing I loved about Jackie Robinson was just his knack for getting on base and staying on base, kind of like Nelly yep. Fox. He got on base and stayed on base. And one thing that he did was he was a smart base runner. He moved mm-hmm. over really well. I mean, like Steve said early in his career, he was, I mean, he took the league by storm just for the way he handled the base paths. Right. And I think that was the best part of his game, but he was also a leader and yep. um, all the other intangibles. But for the most part, I mean, yeah, I mean, to not have Jackie Robinson as one of your best second baseman of the 40s and 50s, you're crazy. So Jackie oh, Robinson comes in for us at number one. All right, so let's go from the then to the now. Uh, coming in here at number five. Uh, so for me at number five, I uh, going back to the Cubs. I got Nico Horner. I really like Nico Horner. I like what he's uh, I like what he's doing here uh, in Chicago. Um, and you know, the sky's the limit. I mean, he's only you know twenty six. He's about to be twenty seven. Um, you know, he had a pretty good year last year. He had his first Gold Glove of his uh, career last year, and I think he's going to get more of them. Um, Fits that mold, though, of second baseman, not really hitting for power. He had nine home runs last year, but still had 68 RBIs and a 283 average. And, um, you know, limited the strikeouts. He played in 150 games, had 83 strikeouts. But, you know, the guy hit 27 doubles, was able to get, you know, four triples, too, and 175 hits on the season. So he's young. He's going to continue to get better. Um, I, I think he's going to continue to uh, blossom there in Chicago. So I have Nico Horner in for me at number five. Yeah. So um, spoiler alert for me, Nico isn't on my list at all. And it became b- between him and uh, Ketel Marte, okay. which is my number five. Ketel Marte is my number five. And I went really back and forth of them too. And I think the only reason I chose Mar- Marte, because there's aspects of his, there's well, one, he's 30. So he's had a little bit, a little bit more he's a little bit more seasoned of a player um but the last few years you've seen Marte really expo- really explode onto the scene right and i mean you kind of understand his game right i yep. mean you understand that he could come through with the with the bat i mean because this guy can hit over 300 he strikes out a little the last two years he strikes out a little bit too much for a second baseman mm-hmm. but i think he's upping his power game i think that's simply what he's trying to do in 2019, he had 32 home runs, and then let's fast forward uh, some years after that. At last year, he had 25, and at 30 years old, I don't see those numbers dropping anytime soon. I, I, I still believe he's going to maintain the 20 home run power. He should mm-hmm. for the next couple of years, at least, with his trajectory. But yeah, I mean, this guy can just knock him in. Um, he's a run getter. He's a leader. He's a mm-hmm. leader of the team. I mean, Corbin Carroll might be their best player, but I, I think I think Marte is is up there, right? I mean, right. Uh, he's just a guy that he just understands he can get doubles. He can get triples. He's just, it's kind of a, a little bit more hitability to him, which I like right now. So um, Marte for me comes in at number five. Now, Steve, you're number five last year. Yes. Do you, can you guess who your number five was last year? Mm. No. 
Uh, it, was, Albies. it was not. It was Nico Horner. <laughs> Dude, it was. Hey, look at that. Hey, all right. Well, Horner's he hasn't quite moved up my list. <laughs> he had a good season last year he here, did. but yeah. But yeah, sorry, Nico. Do better. All right, well, it was kind of what you expected. You expect, expected him to be the number five guy last yep. year. Yep. And he was in your he eyes. Was. And he, and he yep. remains. To this he day. remains. So yeah. Good. Do better, Nico. All right. Uh, number, four, number four last year, Steve, you had Jazz Chisholm Jr. Who do you got this year for your number four? Well, it's not Jazz. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's I have actually I, I have Marcus Simeon as my number four. The reason I have him that low it has nothing to do with injuries because he's always Johnny on the spot. He's led the league in uh, games played these last three seasons. Uh, I have him down here just a little bit. You know, I I, I feel like you know he's just not as as consistent. He's had a nice little stretch here recently, but you know the average just hasn't you know ha- hasn't been here. It's gotten better. He had two seventy six last year, which is I think actually the best average of his career, but. Um, you know, a lot like uh, somebody like a Cody Bellinger. I, I want him to continue to prove it to me. And if he continues to prove it, you know, he is a little bit older here. What's he, 33 or so? Yeah. Is he 33? Yeah. yeah. So he's getting up there a little bit. Um, uh, uh, you know, if he continues to prove it, then maybe he'll move up the list. But, you know, he had a, he had a great season last year. Silver Slugger Award, top three in uh, uh, MVP voting, all-star. But um, I want to see, you know, the – you know, accolades or, you know, the numbers continue to, uh, to get better. And if they do, like I said about Nico, you can continue to move up the list, but right now I got Marcus Simeon. He's in for me at uh number four. Yeah. Great pick. And, and you got to talk about the age, which we'll talk about in a little bit, yep. but my number four, which it was really hard putting him here. I wanted this guy so much farther on my list just because I think it, it's there. I, I think he's, mm-hmm. he has that ability to, to be one of the best second basemen in the game, which he is, he's top five at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's Ozzy Elbies. Okay. I, I went Ozzy Elbies. Now, um, last year, my number four pick, my my number five pick was Marte, which okay. I had number five hey, this year as well. Yeah, yeah and number there. number four was Jeff McNeil. <laughs> so well, all right. <laughs> so so there we go. So number four this year for me is Ozzy Elbies. I mean, Ozzy Elbies when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. When he is healthy, now it's weird because it's almost like every other year he's healthy. So exactly, he's, you know, <laughs> <He's it's, due. laughs> his first year they got a taste of him. Then second year, 158 games. Third year, 160 games. Then 29 games. Then 156 games. Then 64 games. <laughs> then 148 games. So I just want to see a consistently healthy Elbies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when he's in, he is he's phenomenal. I. Yep. I he, he, there, there was a stretch there where he was just hit 230 something 220 something i was like jesus christ is this guy gonna go below 200 and he was getting there but then he i don't know um he just ended up getting into the lineup a little bit different they put him they i think they put him kind of on the lower half and then they put mm-hmm. him to the higher half and i tell you he just he just took off man he just he just took off and, and he flew i mean this guy when he when he can, I mean, Brian Snicker really knows how to play this guy. I think he finally found out where Ozzy's best in a lineup and, and, and he'll get the most out of him. I mean, the guy for, I mean, I should have him up higher, but I just want to see more consistency. But for last year, 109 RBIs for a second baseman, that's fucking incredible. Yeah. 109 yeah. RBIs. That's absolutely yeah. incredible. He strikes out a little bit more than I like. He's starting to get into those higher numbers mm-hmm. with the strikeouts. The ch- uh, Not quite the Chapman numbers, but he's. <laughs> 
I, I don't want to. I don't want to see my second baseman with over 100 strikeouts. So right, right. Um, but 33 home runs and, and 109 ribs. I mean, come on, dude. So, mm-hmm. and in the field, how he hasn't won a Gold Glove yet? I don't know. Three time All Star, World Series champion, of course. So Ozzy LB Steve for me comes in at number four. Steve, your number four last year or three uh-huh. last year was Ozzy Elbies. Okay. Okay. Well, he might be higher on my list this year, but uh, my number three this year is uh, actually uh, Mr. Astro himself. I'll just call him that. Jose Altuve. There we go. And um, the reason Altuve is uh, is not higher because obviously he's been really the face of a second base, I'd say, for the last decade or so Um, is because he's coming off an injury season. He only played 90 games last year, but he still hit 311. He still was able to get 17 home runs, 51 RBIs. But he's a guy that, yeah, he can, uh, he can, he has some pop in his bat. He's shown that he can, uh, he can get you over 20 home runs. He can get you close to, uh, you know, 80, 90, uh, 80, 90 RBIs. And he can, you know, win healthy, steal you some bases in 90 games last year. He still had 14 steals, but, um, I just, you know, we talk about age. I talked about age with Marcus Simeon. I'm going to talk about age with Jose Altuve. He's, uh, you know, he's going to be 30, uh, 34 here in, uh, in July. So, um, I hope that the uh, the injury bug isn't a sign of uh, things to come as he uh, as he gets older. But right now he's still solid, still middle of the pack here for me uh, in the top five. Uh, so Jose Altuve sits uh, firmly at three in my list. I mean, but you do agree he needs to be in the top five. I mean, it's, I do. I definitely do. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the greatest all time still, you know. Yep. Um, yeah, I went with Marcus Simeon at three and it was really okay. hard between him and Ozzy Albies, listen, I would be the first to tell you, I was never a big Marcus Simeon fan. I thought... Oh, you, you've said, you, you've made your presence perfectly known on your feelings for Marcus Simeon. Well, <laughs> you know, you, you know, I, I just thought what he did with the White Sox and the Jays was just fleeting. I thought it was mm-hmm. Fugaze. I thought it was Fugaze, man. I didn't think... Fugaze. I, I didn't think he was going to be that same guy mm-hmm. coming into Toronto and Texas. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, he has. I mean, at one point, you got to get out of your own way. And that's me. At one point, (laughs) I just had to see this guy a player. This guy can fucking play. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the guy is not only can play, but he's the poster child of durable. Yeah. Right. 1962 games. (laughs) He played almost all of 2020 season, the shortened 2020 season, 162 games in 21, 22 games in one. uh, Or I'm sorry. In 22, he played 161 games, and in 2023, 162 games. He mostly plays every single game. Yeah, and I'm going to knock on wood here as uh, we get uh, ready to head into a season where the what, injury hasn't hit him yet. <laughs> well, I looked into it, Steve, and he refuses to be taken out of lineups. Yeah. Which is good when you're a younger player, but you're talking about a guy right. who's 33 years old, mm-hmm. so I wonder how that's going to stay, right? I mean, you and yep. I... I would put him a little bit higher on my list because his numbers are off the charts. I'm right. not a big fan of his averages sometimes, but but I mean his 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 productivity. I mean he can get you over 100 RBIs a year. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a guy that has 20, 30, 40 home run potential power, yeah. hit 45 home runs in 21, which is stupid. Yep. And his knack for getting doubles is amazing, and he's always going to get you 170 plus hits here. I mean mm-hmm. this guy has been nothing short of amazing in the last, I'd say last five years. Yep. And yep. Uh, for me, I thought it was not going to, I just didn't think it would last, but yeah, no, I mean, he's proven me wrong, man. Marcus <laughs> Simeon is, is, is that dude. He's that dude right now. And 
he's not only that dude, he's World Series champion, Marcus. Oh, yes, he is. Yes, yes, that he is. That he is. It's easy to sit there and critique him without a World Series, but the guy literally won a World Series, and he was a big part of why the Rangers won last year. Yep. And for me, I just I got I got to put him in it. I mean, he made All MLB first team again last year. Yep. And Marcus Simeon, congrats, your number three pick. Good for you. No, yeah. <laughs> for you and your picks. Yeah. Uh, num- number two uh, for me is a guy that you had a little bit lower on the list, but I I couldn't put him that low. And it's Ozzy Albis. He comes in for me at uh, at number two. Okay. Um, like you said, it just, you know, every other year, it seems like he hits the injury bug. He did play in 148 games last year, yeah. so he was he was pretty healthy. So hopefully that injury bug doesn't hit again here. But when he's in that lineup, he just he cooks, you know, and uh, last year, 148 games, he hit 33 home runs, 109 RBIs. Like you talked about 156 games in 2021 with 30 home runs, 106 RBIs. Uh, you know, so he's getting the silver slugger awards, like you said. I'm really surprised he hasn't gotten a gold glove yet with some of the uh, the uh, what he can do in the field. Uh, would like to see the strikeouts come down a little bit. He had 107 last year, but still hit 280. So if he can just uh, tweak the strikeouts, some, it's going to raise that average up. I think could get him up over 300 if he can just limit the uh, limit the strikeouts. Um, I just I, I love his speed. He can he can steal you a base. He had 20 stolen bases in 2021. He had 13 stolen bases last year, and when he is stealing. He's not getting caught much. I mean, he got caught once and it's, uh, you know, uh, 13 steals, one caught last year. So um, I'd like to see his walks, you know, like I said, play discipline, come come back a little bit. He's got he's got the power. Uh, just continue to uh, hopefully stay healthy. And he's young. I mean, he's what, 20, 27 years old, just turned yeah. uh, 27 in January. So uh, as long as he can stay healthy, I, I, I like him. To be uh, to contend for that top spot for second baseman, but uh, right now as the Alves, he comes in for me at number two. Yeah, kind of a Lou Whitaker with more power he for is, sure. Very much um, so. I, I think he deserves a Gold Glove down nope. the road for sure. Nope. Um, yeah, man. Uh, number two. Uh, what's he? Number two last year for you. You had mm-hmm. Jeff McNeil. Did I like? Man, what the hell were we thinking? Like in Jeff McNeil, huh? Hey, Jeff McNeil had a great year the year before that. Yeah, yeah. And he was a hit machine. <laughs> he, he Remember really at that was. time, he was all the Mets had for hitting. Yeah, he Lindor was. Lindor wasn't hitting his yep. weight. I mean, a lot of those guys. Yeah, uh, it's so true. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, I, I get it. I get it. I'm just like, man, we were high on Jeff McNeil, weren't we? Oh, man, we were. Uh, I had Ozzy Elbies as number two last year for me. Okay. This year, my number two, and it kind of hurts to put him here, but everybody's going to understand why when Steve and I reveal our number one. But uh, for me, it's Jose Altuve. Um, yep. It kind of goes for what I said after Steve said his Jose Altuve. He hasn't given us a reason not to put him on this list. Exactly. Right. Um, he is the best second baseman in the game as as a career, mm-hmm. if we're looking at career, Steve and I are doing right now, like who's the best right. second baseman. If we were to start a team, we want that second baseman. Who's going to be in there. Yep. Well, so Altuve would be my number two guy. Like I would choose, there would be one guy I'd choose before him. Steve, he is his number three guy. So there's two mm-hmm. other guys Steve would put before him. But mm-hmm. as we're talking about career in terms of, Best second baseman career-wise, you have to say Jose Altuve was the guy. I mean, mm-hmm. probably the smallest baseball player we've ever seen. But yeah. holy shit! I mean, to talk about <laughs> scrappy. I mean, he puts the he is the definition of scrappy. I mean, mm-hmm. a guy that has hit three hundred almost every single year he's played, except maybe a few. Yep. Uh, the guy knows how to get on base. He can steal pretty good. But one thing I just love, he just he's a hitter, man. He just yep. he can hit. 
He can hit with power sometimes. He has the ability to hit 20, 30 home runs on any given season. We've seen an injury the last year, but when he came back, he was leading the Astros right into the playoffs again. I mean, he's just a leader on the field with his play. He he just he does everything right. Right. And, and I mean, you're talking about, I mean, God, accolades aside, I mean, three time batting t- title champion, mm. won an MVP one year. Surprisingly, no gold glove. He had won one gold glove, but no other gold gloves past 2015, which is wild. But I think that's because there's other guys who played more. Now, one thing with Jose Altuve, especially in the last handful of years, he doesn't play 150 games anymore. I mean, he's basically going to play 140, 130 games. He's 33 years old. So at this point in his career, he's not ring chasing. He's still going to try to compete. But now it's legacy building, right? When you get to this point of your career. Uh, Marcus Simeon, he started later when he got hot. Altuve has been doing it his entire career. So, I I mean, you're talking about Altuve. He's going to get. 21, 2200 hits by the end of the year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's working his way towards 3000 and that's where we seen, we call it the Miguel Cabrera drop off. This <laughs> is around the time that shit should start happening yep. for some players, but I don't think Jose Altuve is that kind of player. I think this is a guy that's going to, he's going to be a guy that will play past 40 and he's going to play good. He's going to get 3000 hits. He's going to be up there. But if we're talking about in today's game, he hasn't mm-hmm. given us a reason not to pick him in our top five. And for that, I'm kicking him number two, because I still think he is the heart and soul of the Astros. And he's the reason why they're a winning franchise. Couldn't have said it better myself, man. Hell yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Number one, we both agreed on number one again. Uh, What what did we have for number one last year? Okay. So number one last year, we both had Jose Altuve. Okay. Makes sense. Now, the reason why Steve, can you (laughs) explain the reason why there's a knockoff this year? So there's a knockoff this year because the guy that we picked for number one is a guy that didn't play second base every day last year, but exactly. now he's a new, uh, <laughs> yeah. his new position is second base. And Wild. because of that, he trumps everybody else, moves all the way to the top of the list because he's Mookie Betts. Wild. <laughs> Wild. Mookie Betts is now playing second base for the Dodgers. I'm sure a lot, all of you uh, have heard that. Yeah, uh, He's their new everyday second baseman. He, he did it a little bit last year, like we talked about in our show last week. Uh, he played at some, uh, I think, like you said, in high school, he did some second base. Yep. Second um, short, so he's, yep. He's, he, yep. So he's getting back into that, uh, you know, getting back into the infield here. So Mookie Betts, yeah, he's number one, I believe. Yep. He's number one for both of us. And, you know, coming off last year, yeah. he he finally seemed like he got his uh, footing here for being in Los Angeles. We didn't know if the lights were going to be too bright. He wasn't hitting for those same averages that he's hitting with uh with the Red Sox, but he finally put it together. Three oh seven average. It was really that second half of the season. It just seemed to he really started to click. Uh, number two in MVP voting, Silver Slugger Award, All Star last year, thirty nine home runs, one hundred and seven RBI. So he's going to take the power of an outfielder and put it into uh, second base. Uh, and it, it, because of this uh, position change for him, he moves up uh, to number one on our list. Uh, sorry, Altuve, but it is what it is, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, just to add on to what Steve said, I mean, Mookie Betts was going to be a top five outfielder for us anyways. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got a, he's a second baseman now, so he instantly goes. Now, if he was a shitty defensive second baseman, yeah, he <laughs> probably wouldn't make the list. But the guy almost won a gold glove with second base last year. Exactly. And the fact that he didn't was because he didn't have enough games at second yep. base. Yep. But now that oh, Otani's on the team, Otani's probably going to be DHing. They got yep. Outman. They feel great about Outman playing the outfield and mm-hmm. some of the free agent signings in the offseason. They yep. feel good about putting Mookie Betts at second base because yep. 
I, I just don't think Gavin Lux is going to give him a run for his money. Mm-hmm. I think they still haven't between Muncie, Freeman, uh, Rojas, and there's a couple other guys in there. I, I think it just makes sense yep. to put Mookie Betts at second base. And, and let me get this. I just want to do legacy stats here. So Mookie Betts is coming on his coming on to his 11th season as a as a pro, right? Yep. yep. Jackie Robinson, which he was a pro for 11 years. He retired cool. after 11 years. Now, mind you, this isn't fair because Jackie Robinson started when he was 26 and Mookie Betts started playing when he was 21 in Major League Baseball. So there was at least a five-year, four to five-year head start that Mookie Betts had. But at the end of the career, Jackie Robinson batted... 313 was 761 RBIs. Mookie Betts right now has 756 RBIs. Mm. So he'll surpass Jackie this year. Mm. Runs, yeah, for his career, he has 996. Jackie had 972. Um, Jackie wasn't a home run hitter, so obviously Betts uh, completed that as well. Um, At bats, uh, he'll already already surpassed Jackie Robinson as well. So and I know Jackie's in not just because of his play, but he also was a staple in in the movement. Right. In this, uh, but with if if Mookie was to retire right now, he would be a Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, I think if Mookie Betts retired right now, he'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer, multiple time World Series champion. He's got the MVP, he's got the Silver Slugger awards, he's got the Golden Gloves, oh. he's got the All Star appearances. Uh, I would say he's a I would say he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, uh, if he was to retire today. And at 31 years old, you figure Altuve already has 2,047 hits. Mookie Betts has 1,485 hits, and he's two, almost three years younger than Altuve. Mm-hmm. So Mookie Betts is on pace to get over 3,000 hits. Uh, the 500 home runs, I'm not 100% sure yet. He's going to have to have a couple more 40 home run seasons, but he's right. almost right there. But uh, yeah, man, Mookie Betts, number one all the way around for me and Steve. It's a no-brainer. You, get, you love Altuve, but... Altuve has the age playing against him coming off an injury. Mookie Betts was what second, third in MVP voting in the NL, second, I think, in the NL. Uh, so Mookie Betts, number one. I mean, and just as a side note here, did you look at uh, his birthday? Who's that? Mookie Betts' birthday? Mookie Betts' birthday? No. Let's see if it, see if you recognize the date, see if it sounds like someone you might know. Uh, let's see. His birthday is October 7th, 1992. Yeah, so October October seven. Do you know anybody else that has an October seventh birthday? No, I don't. Not, not the guy that's talking to you right now. That oh, that's your birthday. Yeah, okay. yeah we're we're birthday twins. Oh no yeah. shit! I didn't yeah. know that. Holy Look shit! Look at that, huh? Yeah. Wow. Me, yeah. me and Mookie. I always get you confused because my dad's is the fourteenth of October, and I always confuse you like you're a November baby. Nope, nope, October seventh. Well, look at that, Steve. Yeah. The reason why Mookie Betts gets number one is no. Yeah, exactly, because <laughs> we share a birthday. Damn it! Boom, <laughs> boom. I mean, that tr- that trumps everything, right? That trumps everything. So we went from having Jose Altuve to yep. Mookie Betts being number one. I think that's boom. the biggest shock of the uh, then and now, right now. I think <laughs> so. I completely agree. Absolutely. Uh so next year or next year, next week, we'll uh, move on to third base. Third base is, it, is third third base next, right? Yeah, because we're doing it okay. the same as a scorecard. Yep. So yep. third base, uh, the number five, yep. right? Yep. So exactly. And like I said last year, we're in the golden age of third baseman. So this is going to be a pretty fucking interesting list. Yep. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 excited. And with that, should we uh, head on over to collection corner? Let's do it. All right. Yeah. 
So uh, up for me, speaking of Mookie Betts, he's up uh, uh, for uh, collection, uh, collect, collecting wise. So Mookie is up three dollars and sixty one cents, or a twenty point four three percent increase to a market value of twenty one dollars and twenty eight cents. Up cards includes two thousand twenty two Bowman Chrome Sapphire number eighty four. It's two thousand fourteen Top Stadium Club rookie card number one forty. Uh, down for me this week is uh, Nelly Fox. Actually, he's down thirty eight dollars and forty nine cents, or a sixty three point Two six percent decrease to a market value of twenty two dollars and thirty five cents. Down cards includes nineteen fifty nine tops number thirty and his nineteen sixty one tops all star number five seventy. Yeah, Nelly Fox, man, I got a stock up on some Nelly Fox. Yeah, I do too. That'd be uh, dope. I really like the uh, uh, nineteen six there nineteen sixty tops. I was looking at that when I was uh, doing research, and it's a pretty cool looking cards. So. Yeah, that, oh, I love the old sixty cards. Mm-hmm. Um. Up for me is Jose Altuve. Okay. Um, up $5.46. It's a 53.58% increase. Market price right now sits around $50.65. Really good for, for somebody of that caliber. Um, his 2011 Tops update, Walmart blue rookie card. Get it, Walmart. US 132. That is a very rare card, is and it? it's a very good card, and it's skyrocketing right now. Mm. Kind of reminds me of the uh, the Mookie Betts, the the red foil one. Oh, the, the remember, Target remember one, the tar- Target yes. exclusive, yeah. Yes, yep. that rookie yep. card. That's one of my best cards. Yeah. Um, his 2018 Tops High Tech Waves foil and his 2022 Bowman number 35 is up for Jose Altuve. Down is Mr. Jackie Robinson. You know, a lot of these mm. guys, when they do drop, it's massive because their cards have been around for 80, That's 70, pretty. 60 years. Yeah. So when they do drop, it's a, it's a massive... We're talking thousands of dollars on thousands of dollars. So say the card was worth $25,000, it's still worth $20,000, right? Yeah, you know, when yeah. it drops. So um, so it's down $214.42. That seems like a lot, but for Gavin, when he played and when his cards are um, out there, it's not totally a shock. Uh, that's a 60.85% decrease market price right now. So that's around a hundred dollars, hundred and thirty-seven dollars and ninety-six cents. I actually went for his newer cards and talking about the stuff that's down because our, our listeners, the ones that are listening or who normally listen, they're not, they don't pay thousands of dollars worth of cards. Uh, no. These guys are, uh, they're like us. They're, they're going to spend wisely. They, they don't, you know what I mean? It's no one oh, spending yeah. millions. If you do, wow, good on you. But I was gonna say, um, if you do, let me know so I can become. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Friends, all right. <laughs> so I, I, I took some lower stuff, which is clearly the newer stuff. So his 2023 Top Stadium Club number 243, great looking card. His 01 Tops Archives Reserve number 70, which I've been looking at getting, and his Ooh. 2021 Tops Chrome Platinum are all down. Okay. All right. Well, shall we get the candles out and celebrate a birthday? Let's do it. All right. It's a happy heavenly birthday to Philadelphia Phillies great and Hall of Famer Billy Hamilton. Wow. Born on February the 16th, 1866. Uh, Billy has a career 344 average, 2,154 hits, 40 home runs for his career, 742 runs batted in, and uh, stole 912 bases. Uh, started his career for the Kansas City Cowboys, uh, and then moved down to Philadelphia Phillies from 1890 to 1895. And then the Boston Bean Eaters love that name. Uh, <laughs> From 1896 to 1901. He's a two-time NL batting champion, a five-time NL stolen base leader, part of the Philadelphia Phillies Wall of Fame, and had an MLB record for most runs scored in a single season of 198 runs. He was elected in the Hall of Fame in 1961 via the Veterans Committee. 
uh, trivia. He hit over 400 once, and that was in 1894. And his 914 career stolen bases ranks third all-time behind only Ricky Henderson at 1,406 and Lou Brock at 938. Yeah, every, so, yeah. every time I see uh, old Billy Hamilton, I, every time I because I, you've said his birthday before. Yeah. And uh, every time I see his birthday, I'm always like, man, that, I can't believe it's already his birthday again. Yeah, you know, it's Billy's birthday. You know, Bill, that's how Billy rolls. And to be to be fair, Billy gets his birthday celebrated a lot because there's not many uh, Hall of Fame birthdays around the uh, time that we record the show. Uh, yeah, so, so but Billy just, usually gets the top spot, and I just come up with a new trivia thing for him. So <laughs> shows you how fucking short the year is, though. It's, exactly, exactly. And the bean the bean eaters. So there you go. Yep, the old bean flickers. So yeah. that is there you go. so. That's a fucking show. That is a show, man. Woo. Man, uh, yeah. so Steve leads in the free agent scorecard. <laughs> Bovada, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Place your bets. <laughs> uh, yeah, Steve <laughs> leads in the free agent scorecard by one. Uh, we're gonna do third baseman next week, and yeah, I mean, we are getting closer to to the season, which is super fucking exciting. As yeah, and uh, like I talked about uh, with you uh, off uh, off recording, as uh, Tops had their hobby uh, series one uh, hobby boxes are out now, so uh, yeah, I pick up some of that. I see uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. is on the uh, the cover, so that's pretty gotta cool. be gotta yep. be man. And uh, yeah, I'll have to pick up one of those here. We can open one up and see what we can get. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So everybody, go out and get the boxes and yep. enjoy them. And we will catch you guys all next week. Deuces. Deuces.